0: (音楽) ¶¶ Hey Lantern Cast family I'm Chad Buckman and welcome to episode 7 of The Lantern Cast presents Green Lantern and Green Arrow now this time around, as you may or may not be able to ascertain by the uh, whole episode description and title, uh, we are taking a bit of a departure from the usual topic uh, of this series. And I say a bit of a departure because we are in fact still covering Green Lantern Green Arrow, but we are not talking about the series from the 1970s with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. As a matter of fact, we're not even doing a single issue from that series here in this episode. That's right, we're doing three issues from a series in the late 90s. Now, what am I talking about? Okay, well, before I even get into it, and you'll be able to, of course, figure it out by the subject of the matter of this spinoff and the what I'm about to say, but whatever. I'm going to do a little bit of a build-up. Way, 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 way back in episode number 60 of The Lantern Cast, we covered a... A, a trade paperback and i guess by we i mean uh, jim and dan covered a few issues from a series called legends of the dc universe and the name of that storyline was called trader well we never got around to covering the other issues of legends of the dc universe that featured green lantern and there were a couple of different ones so i figured since Mark and I are, you know, fairly caught up on current issues and stuff like that, and we've got some stuff in the pipeline coming down to you pretty soon, which we'll be announcing very shortly but won't be coming your way until June or July, um, we would take a break and talk about these various uh issues that feature Green Lantern from the series from the late 90s or early 2000s. Uh, And obviously, because this is the Green Lantern, Green Arrow podcast, I'm going to be talking about issues 7, 8, and 9 of the Legends of the DC Universe featuring none other than Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Uh, Now, the only reason I'm making an exception, well, two reasons I'm making an exception uh, to going in the order of of, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow appearances as I've been doing, is because one... This is too good of an opportunity to pass up. And two, this is actually written by Denny O'Neill. So, uh, yeah, it had to be covered on this show, and it would make no sense to not involve it in this uh, crossover. Did I use the word crossover? Yes, I did. And there is a very specific reason I use the word crossover, because... The Lantern Cast is actually teaming up with a couple other podcasts to bring you other Legends-related issues from this Legends of the DC Universe series. And kind of, we're kind of just, whoever wanted to participate, we're calling it Legends Month. April is Legends Month. Over here on Green Lantern and Green Arrow, uh, I am covering these three issues from the Legends series. Over on Mark's podcast, his new spinoff, he'll be covering the Spectre-related issues, and we might do a little bit of something uh, with Mark and I's thoughts on the material already covered way back in issue number 60, but no promises, or maybe we will. I don't know, so we'll leave that a bit of a surprise. But also, a few other people are participating as well. One is Tom Brevoort of the Pop Culture Affidavit podcast. He is covering the uh, the Legends of the DCU number 18 with the New Teen Titans. He's covering that material. And uh, actually, as I record this, that episode posted today. So head over to uh, www.popcultureaffidavit.com. You can also find it on Facebook as well. Uh, in addition... Uh, Some friends of the show are participating over on the, maybe you've heard of it, the Gotham Girls Podcast. Uh, you can find them over on Facebook, Gotham Girls Podcast, and they'll be announcing their participation in this uh, event, this uh, crossover event here pretty soon. Uh, and also, Michael Bailey of Views from the Long Box will actually be covering some Superman-related issues. And I forgot to mention, uh, Gotham Girls is, of course, covering Batman-related uh, issues over there as well. Uh, Mike Bailey on Views from the Long Box. Just search for Views from the Long Box on Facebook uh, or Google, and you will be definitely directed over to his material. So keep an eye on all three of those sites. Uh, for information and episodes that we'll be releasing throughout the month of April. Um, but here, over on the Green Lantern Green Arrow, I, of course, am covering issues number 7, 8, and 9 of the Legends of the DC Universe uh, series. This is a storyline called Peacemakers. Uh, and Peacemakers is, of course, written by Denny O'Neill, with art by Greg Land and inks by none other than the great Dick Giordano. Um, this, uh, first issue is called A Call to Arms. Uh, and we're just gonna hop right into it, guys. Um, this issue is called A Call to Arms, and it opens with Hal Jordan flying, uh, uh, over some, uh, jungle area, uh, as a, uh, rocket is being fired at his jet. He makes a sudden bank to avoid this, uh, this ground-air missile. Um, and, uh, it seizes up his controls and he can no longer, uh, get control of the plane. So he has to eject, but his mechanisms are jammed. So he gets out of it, of course, by transforming into none other than Green Lantern. Just at the last second, as his plane crashes into the jungle below, he finds some, uh, some men, uh, who, uh, belong to a group called the L- L E I K U N G, that's two words. Um, Li Kung, I guess. Um, they, he picks them up, uh, and with a, a giant, uh, samurai looking construct, melts their, uh, mortar uh, slash rocket launcher, and takes them over to the government headquarters. Um, meanwhile, over on the, quote, other side of the planet, uh, Green Arrow is busting up some people uh who have broken in to oliver queen's uh apartment slash hotel slash whatever um, he takes them out uh and then uh you know to, takes care of them and puts them uh, in their place the next day Ollie is talking to i'm assuming this is Dinah it's a blonde woman i'm not I'm not entirely certain and I don't believe he ever actually says her name. Um, but I'm assuming if they make a deal of showing her in a, a page of this issue, it's got to be, it's got to be Dinah. Um, he's bragging about how he took him out and then, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be, um, going to a, uh, country called Mingla, M-I-N-G-L-I-A. Um, and he's, uh, going to take care of some things over there because evidently some of his munitions, uh, that he's been shipping over there have been, uh, get in have been stolen and he's going to look into that because it's uh, he's losing money uh, in his company. He also tells, uh, he takes off his Green Arrow gear and says, alright, I thought we were going to play Parcheesy, cheesy, quote unquote, and uh, this woman, assuming this is Dinah, takes off. She's been trying to tell him something this whole time, uh, saying something about the doctor, so either uh, she's sick or she's pregnant, I'm assuming. Uh, we actually never come back to this in these three issues, so if Anybody knows where this falls in the history of Green Lantern or, or Green Arrow rather, let me know. Uh twenty-two hours later we see uh Oliver back in uh, not Oliver, Hal, uh on the grounds uh in this area speaking with uh, the General Zo, uh Z H O. Uh and um He's uh, telling, you know, asking him what will happen to the rebels, and they'll be questioned and then sent back to their village, and uh, you know all this stuff. So, uh, uh, house is great. I, you know, I got to go talk to my bosses. Talk to you later. Uh, one of the general's men comes in and says, you know, uh, they finally talked. To their camp is forty kilometers southeast of the city, and then uh, the general says, mine every road in the area, and he says, what are the prisoners? put them in a helicopter, and drop them in the jungle in pieces. So clearly this guy is not going to be doing what he told Hal he would be doing with these prisoners. Uh, A little while later, as Hal is on his way out of the area, he runs into Ali, and uh, Hal explains the situation, which is basically a rebellion. Uh, The government is friendly to the U.S., and the rebels aren't. Simple as that. Um, uh, Ali asks Hal what there is to do for here around, uh, what there is to do around here for fun, and how responds with ping-pong and softball, um, he, he, he says, nah, man, I meant, you know, the ladies, any of them free for some Parcheesi, uh, I don't know what this Parcheesi thing is, and why Ollie keeps bringing it up, I mean, I know what the game Parcheesi is, but I don't understand why this is an innuendo thing, uh, Hal responds with, there is backgammon in the mess tent. Uh Ollie automatically writes him off as a square uh, and goes about his business and says, well, I guess I'll just go uh, get to kicking Major Butt and grabs his Green Arrow gear. At midnight uh, at the armory, the rebels attack the armory and blow it all up. Green Arrow goes over and takes a look at it. Hal hears the explosion, recharges his ring in his tent, and then flies on over. He grabs the burning munitions shed, tosses it out into the jungle to make sure it uh, remains unexploded in the vicinity of individuals, um, creates a, a fire break around the other burning stuff to keep this fire from spreading, sees Green Arrow running off uh, underneath him. It says uh, he's got other things to worry about. Um, we, we cut to Green Arrow taking out a few of the rebels, you know, a shot to the knee here, a shot to the shoulder here there. A few of them get away in a jeep. Ollie hot wires a truck and chases at chases after them. Um, one of the medics tells Green Lantern that uh, in the aftermath uh, that you know so too many people have been injured and the nearest hospital is eighty kilometers away and they have one helicopter. Hal jury rigs a, a gigantic um, uh, oh, I can't remember what you call them it's the thing with the sheet around it with the two sticks to carry people away in battle I, I don't i don't remember what the name is i'm blanking here um he loads several individuals on there and takes them off to the hospital meanwhile the medic talks to gener- the general and says uh uh you know uh, he said i asked if he's american he said not when i'm in this uniform um uh, the patrols uh, returned, and, and the leader says 600 landmines have been placed in the vicinity of the rebel camp. Uh, meanwhile, Ali is still chasing after this jeep, and then his uh, truck goes up in explosion of fire and smoke, uh, rolls over several times, Ollie gets thrown from it, uh, crawls out into the, the grasses, rolls down a hill, He's really hurt, and then uh, lands at the bottom of the hill, and he is stumbled upon the rebels, and they have guns pointed on him, to him. And the next issue is uh, issue number eight, entitled War Zone. And hopping right on over to War Zone... Still the same uh, creative team of Denny O'Neill, uh, Greg Land, and Dick Giordano. We open right where we left off with Ollie being uh, having guns pointed at him. Uh, he says get it over with and shoot. He ends up passing out from the pain of his recent car accident. The Rebels drag him back to uh, their Jeep, um, put him in the Jeep, and take him back to their camp, supposedly. We don't see that just yet. Um, we open back in the... Uh, the army camp uh, as general zoe is having dinner with hal jordan uh, saying uh, you know uh, hal is, is saying you know the, uh, the 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 america is not involved personally we're just supporting you guys offering uh, things uh, america is not officially involved in this conflict um Hal asks after Oliver Queen if anyone's seen him. Then he asks about a man carrying a bow and arrow, and he says, Bow and arrow? It must have been a rebel. My men are armed with the finest weaponry, as fine as the Zinfandel and this Honduran cigar. My friends in the United States can be extremely generous. Have a good journey. As Hal heads back, uh, he transforms into Green Lantern and flies back, uh, uh, flies out of the camp Green Lantern style and up into space. Uh, he remarks on how fa- the fact that, you know, space is, you know, so clean and empty compared to the muck and the bloodshed that he just left and a uh image of a guardian appears and says, uh uh, you know, basically checking in. Are you doing the tasks we have told you to do? Are you uh you know, executing justice um amongst the stars? Uh, and uh thank you for your effort and um, the, the little caption says, as usual, the visit or hallucination is brief and p- apparently pointless. <laughs> so, so, all right, I guess, uh, that was a little check in. All right, whatever. I'll go about my business. Uh, meanwhile, Ollie wakes up in the rebel camp asking for painkillers and none comes up to him and says, all we have is herbal remedies. Uh, he asks for some morphine. He says, all hell with it and passes out. Um, the uh, a, a a gentleman is speaking with General Zoe and says uh, uh, the gentleman says you know there's a, a monk coming uh, to speak with the prime minister and the United Nations representative to be in peace talks and this is where the story gets a little more interesting. The general says, bad, very bad. If there is no war, there is no influx of money from our foreign friends. No fine cigars, no vintage wines, no Paris vacations. We return to the filth and disease and poverty of our fathers. I do not wish to go back there. I will not go back there. Learn where and when this Than, uh, that's his name, T-H-A-N, Than, the, the monk, will arrive. We eliminate him and there will be no talks. And uh, the gentleman says, you speak of murder, and uh, the general says, I speak of war. Back in the rebel camp, it's been a couple of uh, months. It was three months, by the way. Um, Oliver is fully healed. Uh, He has grown a substantial beard, Um, uh, and uh, he takes a walk through the camp with... uh, uh, with the the nun that's been uh, attending him, and he says, uh, "So what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this?" She says, "I'm a medical missionary. I go where I'm needed." And he says, "Even if it's the bad guys who need you." And all he says, uh, uh the the the, monk, the excuse me, the nun says, "Bad guys. These people saved your life, and for the last three months, they fed, sheltered, and clothed you. Their enemy. We should all be so bad." He says, "I see what you mean, but the United States says they're troublemakers." And she says, not not everyone, just a few really loud voices with access to the media. As she says, for a decade now, they've asked for nothing except to be left alone. And then uh, Oliver says, well, why the hostilities? Because there's a profit to be made by war. There always is. Uh, they stumble across a young man who has uh, who has Ali's uh, bow and arrow, and he's just practicing. Uh, Ollie grabs it from him and says, uh, takes a few shots and so, and so he sees that he still got it. Um, the uh, young man asks the nun if Oliver will teach him, and he says he will. Back at uh, the Army Air Force headquarters, Hal has arrived with yet another jet, uh, and he says, uh, you know, this one won't uh, freeze up just because someone's tossing flack at it. Um, he asks us uh the, the general asked Hal if he'll be flying alongside them in the fight. He says, I can't take part in the hostility, sir. I'm just a civilian here, a neutral party, but I'll f- probably find some way to help. Your cause is just after all. Uh he speaks uh to the general, says, I'm gonna wash go wash up and take a quick nap. Uh uh the, the a man arrives and says that the monk has arrived in the uh will be arriving in the rebel camp tomorrow. He says uh you know, we'll strike from the air as our ground troops make the way from the jungle, and they say, ground troops, but the entire area is mined like you asked us. Surely some of our own men will step on the mines, and, and the general interrupts and says, this is war. In war, there are always casualties. Back in the rebel camp, the uh, monk Fan has arrived, uh, and say he's on his way to the capital city. Um, back over in the General Zo's camp, He asks again if Hal will fly the jet. He says it's against the rules, but as I said, I'll find a way to help. Uh, He goes back to his tent, transforms into Green Lantern as he recharges, follows after the jet, and uh, takes out an incoming ground to air missile. They hear the explosion in the rebel camp. Everybody takes cover. She says, uh, nope, I'm a medic, and I've got work to do. Uh, he says, Ollie says he can't let her out, go out there alone. He goes to chase after her, but she steps on a mine and is blown to bits. Um, Oliver picks up a scrap of shrapnel from the mine and sees that it is made by Queen Industries. Uh, he f- understandably freaks out, goes to the little boy uh, who he was practicing with earlier, grabs his bow and arrow back in and, a and silent page, Takes care of a few of the uh, um, uh, armed forces by shooting one in the uh, shoulder, another in the tricep, another in the uh, knee, uh, and his very determined uh, look on his face. Um, One of the soldiers says he's found the monk. He goes to kill him. Oliver shoots his knife out of his hand, uh, smacks him in the face with his bow, and then lands a left cross across the man's jaw. uh, Takes care of the monk. Hal shows up and asks who Oliver is, and that is the end of that issue. Uh, finally, in issue number three, again, still by the same creative team, um, uh, of uh, Denny O'Neill, Greg Land, and Dick Diordano, we open exactly where we left off. Hal is talking to Ollie, trying to get his, um, his information, who he is, um, you know, what's his name, Uh, Oliver is making cracks about his, uh, Hal's ring. Uh, but before he can get, anybody can get straight answers an incoming missile goes to blow them up, Hal creates a bubble and, uh, saves them all. Uh, he says, um, Hal asks one last time your name. Uh, Ollie says that he's Oliver Queen. He, uh, Hal says, I thought I recognized you. We met three months ago. Three months Ollie puts it together and says, "You must be that guy that was, uh, whose idea was fun, was a frantic game of backgammon. Um So, um, <laughs> and then uh, Ollie says, uh, "Hey, uh, Al or Mal or whatever your name is. The idea, of, if the idea of the mask is to hide your identity, forget it. You're practically told me who you are." And Hal says, you're right, I'm pretty new to the superhero stuff. I'll work on it. So, this is obviously very early in Hal's, um, career as Green Lantern. Same with Ollie, too, because, uh, his costume was the traditional Green Arrow costume. Before the beard, he actually had, uh, the, the red gloves and boots and, uh, no beard or anything like that. We're talking 60s Green Lantern, Green Arrow, or Green Arrow, rather. Um, Ollie tries to go off to fight uh how picks him up and says no uh you know he picks both the monk and uh ali uh, up and ali uh, kind of fills him in on what's been going on um tells him what the monk is here to do uh says you know go go check with the the, the government uh call the embassy and ask them i'm going to stay here and help bury the dead if i can um Ollie or Hal takes the monk off, off to the embassy, and uh, uh, Ollie speaks with Liam, the little boy, uh, and tries to help him out, and uh, you know gets to work, you know, burying the dead. Uh, back at General Zoe's camp, the, they're updated about what's going to be going on, and that uh, you know the fan is in the capital preparing to make the talks. Um, but, you know, we're gonna go after him again. Uh, Hal arrives back in the rebel, quote-unquote rebel camp, um, and says, you know, I'm, I'm, I've come to take you to the, the capital, and says, uh, Ollie says, hang on, before we go, let's bring Liam with us, the little boy. Uh, he says, life's played you nothing but rotten kid, and there's zip I can do about it, but I can give you a ride you'll never forget. You said you wanted to see the capital, okay, hang on. Uh, Hal creates a uh, flying carpet construct, and Ollie and Liam are taken into the capital city. As they arrive, they see a couple of soldiers coming in to assassinate the monk. Hal takes care of three of them with a few constructs. Ollie takes care of the lookout outside. Um, They unmask him and recognizes uh, one of them as uh, General Zoe's main men. Uh, Hal and Ollie get into an argument about whether or not there's actually any evidence that the general actually sent them. Um, They await the peace talks. Ollie puts on his full Green Arrow uniform and doesn't want anyone to recognize the, quote, ex-arms merchant, Oliver Queen. Hal says, X, and he says, not quite X yet, but give me a few days. Um, uh, Hal heads outside to scan the crowd uh, for weapons. There are none. Uh, General Zou goes out uh, on the terrace with uh, with the, the monk for the peace talks, and he puts up a shield in front of General Zou to make sure that uh, and uh, th- uh, the monk Fan to make sure no one assassinates them. But a an arrow shot comes from behind, and it's Liam, the little boy. He shoots them. Uh, he's sh- sh- aiming for General Zou, but uh, the monk jumps in front of General Zou and takes an arrow to his shoulder. Um, uh, Ali chases after him. Uh, some of the soldiers do as well. They take some shots. Oliver, uh, sees, uh, Hal and says, you know, as Green Lantern and says, where were you? He says, controlling the crowd. Let's go inside. They come back inside. General Zoe says, the monk is dead. Um, Hal says, hang on a sec. He was alive when I left this room and unconscious. And then he, checks out the, the monk and says, "'I thought this man didn't die from an arrow in the shoulder. "'He's been shot through the heart.'" Um, the general has his uh, weapon. He was asked to disarm before the peace talks. He has his weapon again. It has been recently fired, and there is a bullet missing. Um, they said that... Um, uh, Ollie says he's going to keep punching him until uh, uh, he's basically dead. House is... Hang on, I got a better idea. He takes some construct scissors, cuts off the generals, all the generals' clothes, and hangs him up in the air, um, not like by a noose, but hangs, you know, holds him up in the air by a construct completely naked in front of the entire crowd, um, and then they're gonna tell everything, everybody what's been going on, and nobody, he'll have no credibility, no one will believe him. Um, uh, Hal says he's still gotta take the boy in for the attempted assassination, um, Ollie says, you know, let me, I'll take care of him, but let me give him a good meal first uh, uh, Hal agrees six months later on New York uh, city's lower East Side they meet up again uh, Hal says he never the the boy never showed up Ollie says I couldn't do it They argue a little bit then uh about who's right and why and you know like Hal and Ollie do and then a little boy comes up to Hal and asks for money and Hal gives it to him and says. Ollie says, yeah, you give your, your, you have your moments. Hal, I think you gotta outgrow your grade school brainwashing, but I also think you're a decent guy. Friends? And he reaches out to shake his hand. Hal shakes his hand and says something like that. And the end. So that is the end of the Peacemaker storyline from Legends of the DC Universe. Now normally, of course, in the course of the uh, Green Lantern Green Arrow series of this podcast uh, spinoff, I would be giving you the historical context. Uh, of this issue. And I tried to actually look that up. Um, I was assuming that maybe because of this whole Asian thing, um, there might be some uh, Vietnam-inspired uh, background here. Unfortunately, guys, Vietnam is something that um, remains a... Uh, okay, Vietnam or Korea. So either the Vietnam or the Korean War. Uh, I thought there might be some stuff in here, maybe more of Korean than Vietnam, just based on my limited exposure because that's what I was about to say. I don't know much about the history and the inner workings of the Korean or Vietnam wars guys um, not at least not enough to outright say that this is Denny's commentary on those now, I also don't know if Denny is trying to uh, even first of all is. I don't even know if Denny's trying to make any sort of commentary on a current event. This might just be a generic war, and his point is just the the generalities and that things aren't always so black and white when it comes to uh, foreign conflicts. Maybe this is a general fictional war. It's not really based on anything. Uh, he's just trying to make a general point. But because it's Denny O'Neill, because it's Green Lantern and Green Arrow, I'm sort of trained to believe that it's uh a point within a real-life setting that's been turned fictional. So, if it's the Korean War, I don't know. If it's the Vietnam War, I don't know. I also don't know if it's referencing anything because uh, this was published in the late 90s. Was there anything going on like then? I mean, a Desert Storm was probably over by then. Uh, I think that was early to mid-90s or probably 80s. I'm an idiot on this this kind of stuff. Um, but, um... You know, there, there's there's some stuff in there. So is is it a commentary on something that's happening currently as this is being published? Or because in the issue we talk about how this is early on in Hal and Ollie's careers as superheroes. Is this supposed to be a commentary on something that was happening in the 60s? Again, I don't know. Um, so there's too many unknowns here for me to say whether or not this is one thing or another in terms of... Uh, of uh, whether it's referencing any sort of specific uh, conflict uh, in, in the world. Another thing, uh, well, really the only thing I found about this is um, from the DCWicca.com uh, uh, entry about actually issue 8. It says uh, in the trivia section, and I'll read this to you guys, The story occurs in the fictional country of ming this name is similar to the, to Mingli Sar, which is a mountain located in northern Pakistan and adjacent to China. Due to the jungle terrain, the rebels' worship of a Chinese god, and Oliver Queen's lengthy flight time, it makes it likely that Minglia is located in the vicinity of that mountain. So, somewhere around the Pakistan-China uh, area. Um... Again, don't really know for sure. Um, Is is that a sign that this is based in something, uh, a current conflict happening in the world, either in the late 90s or in the early 60s? I do not know. Um, But that is something I found a a bit interesting in my search to find out if it was based on anything uh, quote-unquote real or not. Um, Additionally, I wanted to pull up uh, the moment where... Hal uh, interacts with a guardian of the universe back in issue eight um he he says when he's contemplating things uh, uh the uh, right after the guardian pops up, Hal thinks to himself, A guardian of the universe, one of my celestial mentors, but is he real or a hallucination and the guardian says. Where we are concerned, reality and the hallucinatory are often interchangeable and of no consequence. Um, I get what uh Denny is going for here in terms of, like, you know, being immortal beings and all-powerful and, you know, from our lofty perch, you know, these things are very trivial kind of a thing, but... <laughs> Didn't they just give Hal a reason to trust his hallucinations? Should he ever have any in regards to the Guardians? I mean, it's like, you're not really backing me up here, guys. You're you're kind of... Every time you talk to me, I'm going to be doubting whether it's real or not. <laughs> you know, remember that one time when you guys told me, it doesn't really matter. It's, I'm, I'm not going to trust you ever. So that was a, a little crazy... Um another thing that I thought was really cool um and now there's not there's not a lot here outside of what I've already told you in terms of the recap one of the things I really um uh, I or rather took note of is back in uh the final issue issue number 9 uh the last couple of pages when they meet up in New York um they uh put Ollie in a certain kind of a place and this you guys will probably remember this from Green Lantern, number 76 Green Lantern, Green Arrow, uh, number 76 uh, the very first time, uh, the very first Denny O'Neill, uh, Neil Adams uh, story in the, that historic run um, Ollie is perched on the ledge of a staircase uh, in front of a tenement that looks very, very similar to the tenement in uh, front that him and Hal met up in in the beginning of number seventy six. Um, where Hal got his ass chewed out by that black man on top of the roof, it uh, was read the Riot Act. This looks very much like that neighborhood. Uh and I thought that was a pretty cool callback. And Ollie even has his beard shaved down into the traditional or classic uh, you know, mustache and goatee, blonde mustache and goatee. Um, and at the end of it we see Hal Jordan, and when we see Hal Jordan and Oliver shaking hands, um, there's a, a kind of, you know, background image of, uh, Ollie in his, uh, Ollie and Hal in their 70s Green Lantern Green Arrow, uh, gear. Uh, Ollie is in his, his Neil Adams designed suit as opposed to the 60s era red, red, uh, boots and uh no beard and red uh gloves that he had in uh, in in this this particular story. Uh so that was pretty cool as well. Uh one thing I will say about the art mm, the art seems uh the art seems pretty clean. Um there are some issues here and there I don't particularly love it, but I don't hate it either. I think it works really well for a story. That is trying to remain, because Legends of the DC Universe, that is trying to, uh, um, celebrate the history of the DC Universe, kind of, and this is supposed to take place early in these heroes' careers, so this is probably the 60s. It's, it's not overly detailed, it's, it's, um, it's pretty simplistic in a good way, uh, in that it's, you know, believable that this story would, would take place, uh, in this time frame. Um, while the, there's nothing inherently wrong with the smaller panels. I really got to say that the art shines on bigger panels. For instance, um, when Ollie is uh, riding that magic carpet construct with Liam as they're riding over to the capital city in issue number nine, Oliver is very well drawn here. He's kind of in a surfer stance. His hair is flowing in the wind. I mean, it's really, it's really nice looking. Additionally, and it's a horrific scene. But as Ollie is walking Liam earlier through the burning village, um, that is an, a full page splash and that is very well executed, uh, inked, colored, penciled. It's all very good looking despite, of course, the, the horror that's going on in, in, in the, the page. Uh, a, uh, a couple other instances were, uh, I mentioned that silent panel, uh, I believe over in, uh, issue, uh, I think it was uh, issue two, um, where Ali uh, was uh, shooting some of the uh, rebels—not uh, rebels, the uh, 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 soldiers—that um, were coming to attack the "quote unquote" rebel village. Uh, those silent panels, where he, you know, after uh, the the uh, after the the nun's death, you know, he grabs his bow and arrow and goes after them. Those are really well done. It's like they knew that these would be, this would be the silent page. Um, and, uh, and they, they made sure that the art, um, they stepped it up in terms of art telling the story. Uh, and it looks really good. Um, it's also, uh, of note here that Ali, although he talks about beating the general to death at the, uh, the, in the final issue, at this point, uh ali is really pissed off you know the the nun is dead it's of of his technology um he the three people you see him shoot with an arrow one gets a shoulder shot the other gets a knee shot and another gets the, a shot in the the uh, triceps i mean that's those are all non fatal so um uh, it's it seems pretty now we could say that these are fatal shots, but the art just doesn't convey that well. In the final issue, the the monk is clearly shot in the shoulder uh, visually, and then they confirm that later on by Hal saying he was shot in the shoulder by an arrow. He was shot through the heart with the gun. So yeah, so the, the art is clearly uh, placing these arrows in non lethal spots for a reason. Uh, another thing I wanted to say because you know I tend to ramble. And, uh, I kind of have a checklist in my head of the things I want to talk about here. Um, the final thing I'll say here is one thing that kind of bugged me, and I don't know much about, I know the DC Universe relatively well. Sometimes I say, like, the back of my hand. Um, I don't know a lot about, uh, Iron Man in comics. Um, what I know of Iron Man, uh, is mostly from the movies. Uh, somewhat from the comics, because I am a comics fan. It's not like I've never read Iron Man in comics. Um, but I don't have an extensive history with him like I do most of the DC universe. So in Iron Man, the first movie, uh obviously, spoilers, <laughs> ha- uh, Tony is attacked uh, in a convoy after a, a weapons demonstration, and then, you know... Sees some people being, uh, you know, injured or, or the rebels using his weapons. So people are being killed using his, his stuff. So he tries to, to stop, uh, Stark Industries from being, you know, uh, 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 uh vanguards of war, you know, uh, making those materials. Uh, because he feels guilty, and I've got a lot of that from here. Uh, now, clearly the the Marvel movie cinematic universe is inspired a lot by the history of Marvel and Marvel comics. So, I don't know at what point in the DC you, or in not in the DC at what point in Marvel comics, Oliver uh, not Oliver uh, Tony Stark was a weapons manufacturer for Stark Industries. If that was a part of his storyline from the get-go, or if that happened in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, like, I don't know. Um, So, but I, I have a feeling it had to have happened before 1998 when this is published. So I'm wondering if what Oliver goes through here in terms of being captured by a rebel camp, seeing someone die by the weapons he created... Getting out of the weapons manufacturing game, like, if that was at all inspired by Iron Man and Tony Stark and Marvel Comics in uh, any way. Um, I've interviewed Denny, as you guys know, a couple of times, and I've, you know, never thought to ask him about this particular storyline. Um, so there's that. Um, and last thing I'll mention is I've I've said a lot about uh Ollie's uniform uh for this uh issue in terms of his red boots and everything, his very sixties uh, uh green arrow get up. Uh Hal is also in his sixties getup. Uh there is not much of a difference between Hal's sixties getup and Hal's seventies get up, but I will say uh you can very much tell uh that Hal's uh Green Lantern uh uniform is sixties because of where the green and the black meet. Uh the green does not stop after his shoulders. The green stops right about his collarbone, you know, that that cut off. Uh that that's one of the ways you can tell if you're looking at a sixties or seventies drawing of Green Lantern is sixties versus seventies or later drawing of Green Lantern is where that green and black uh meet. Um, when it's right around the collarbone under the armpit area, uh, straight down like that, that's usually very indicative of 60s, you know, Gil Kane type of uh, a drawing. So they do very well of making this a, uh, a six, a set in the 60s, um, thing here. So big props, big props to the artist there. Um, and, uh, you know, of course having Giordano do the inks is, is no, <laughs> no slouch there. Um, and, uh, of course guys, like I said, there is no, uh, uh, Overwhelming evidence that this is based on some sort of uh, storyline from the uh, or or some not, or rather real world event in terms of conflict that was happening again, like I said earlier, in either the late '90s or back in the '60s, where this is supposedly set. So I don't feel entirely qualified to comment on that. And additionally, uh, where normally I would be talking about the influence on the comics code. Of course, the comics code is way more lax here in the late '90s. Uh, and there's really not even anything to comment about, uh, in terms of that. So, um, no historical, sig- uh, significance either in context or in uh, relation to the comics code, unfortunately. But I do encourage you guys to pick it up, the Legends of the DC Universe, especially for people like myself. I know a lot of our listeners out there are feeling the same way. Uh, some listeners, uh, kind of feel the same way I do about the DC Universe. Um, I'm not gonna go into a rant about it now, but, You know what I'm talking about. You kind of feel, for lack of a better term, like the soul of your DC Universe has been ripped out. Um, If you want that soul back and you've never, at least for a brief glimpse, and you've never read the Legends of the DC Universe series, now it's not... You know, gangbusters every issue. But it was meant to be a celebration of the DC Universe. And I highly recommend, if you've never read it, to go out and find some back issues. I found all of my issues, um, at least the Green Lantern-related ones, for a $1 dollar and some cheap bins in a discount uh, uh comic store here in Austin. Uh, every single one of them, for well, each of them for a buck. So... No issues with the, with finding them at all there. Uh, and uh, I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend that you guys check out Pop Culture Affidavit, Gotham Girls, and Views from the Long Box. And, of course, check back here during the entire month of April for more Legends of the DC Universe related postings. So uh, head on over to the Views from the Long Box. Head on, head on over to Gotham Girls. Um, uh, Keep an eye on all of that, including uh, also pop culture affidavit. And make sure you give those guys some patronage, too, in terms of listening to those episodes, commenting on them. If you guys would like to contact me over here at the LanternCast, lanterncast.gmail.com. We also have a voicemail at 708lantern. You can contact us on Twitter or Facebook, and feel free to like or follow us on both of those. If you do, both of them support hashtags if you want to talk about the show. You can either at Lanterncast or you can also use the hashtag GLCast. That's G L C A. ST to uh, connect with uh, us and other listeners out there. And don't forget, we are available on iTunes and Stitcher as well. And if you listen to us on one or both or not at all on either, but uh, you do listen to the show and would like to leave us a review, please, please do on both Twitter and I mean, not Twitter, um, uh, iTunes and Stitcher as that really helps the visibility of our show. Uh, Thank you so much guys for listening. And again, don't forget gotham girls podcast pop culture affidavit views from the long box and again check back at the lantern cast all the month of april for more legends of the dc universe all right thanks guys talk to you later